0: You are listening to Humanity Unlocked and I am your host Kimberly Dia and today we are filming outside the studio. We are in my home. When I say we, I mean Jasmine and myself. We are podcasting with my brand new podcasting equipment that I got for Christmas. We are in a bit of a transition phase going from audio only to both video and audio in an effort to get ourselves up onto YouTube and with this comes the need to also film outside the studio in order to bring the best and the most content. So with a new camera, new mics, new audio mixer, this will give us some additional options and will allow for us to basically record on the fly much easier. And I just have to be honest with you guys and tell you this is our second time around doing this particular podcast episode. Jasmine and I together, our first go around did not go as planned. We are not quite sure what happened, something with the SD card, the audio did not pick up. We tried to remedy it, it didn't work. So we have um, changed it up a little bit to bring you a fresh new episode and we are just hoping all the equipment is working fine this time. So crossing our fingers and toes. So, okay, so speaking of recording on the fly, Brings me to this week's episode. I obviously wanted to test out my new equipment once again, and thought this would be the great, a great opportunity to record here at home with my daughter Jasmine. Thank God it wasn't anybody else last week. She is 15 and a half. She's a sophomore in high school, and she and I have been going back and forth for about a year on whether or not I was going to allow her to come on, simply because she, you know she's a minor, and the nature of our content tends to be much more sensitive and personal. So, For me, it was about just finding an episode where we could offer value without you know the whole thing being centered around her. Once you know she's 18, we can circle back and discuss other aspects of her life if she wants to share them. But until then, we're going to keep it pretty general. And to be honest, even you know with those limitations, I know she'll have a ton to contribute. So our discussion today is going to be all about understanding teenagers, quote unquote, this day and age. For those of us who are parents of teenagers, we know it's an entirely different world from when we were their age. Some aspects bear some resemblance to what they were 30 years ago when I was 15. Others are wildly different. There's one thing that hasn't changed, though, and that's actually my primary reason for wanting to do this episode. It's something that I'm sure most of us will remember feeling at one point or another, and that is just the feeling that, you know, our parents just don't understand. They just don't get it. It's different now. We're all, we're old, we're outdated and unreasonable, and basically everything teenagers has ever have. It, basically everything teenagers have either said or thought since the beginning of time, or at a minimum, you know, the past few generations. It's the classic notion that Gen X doesn't get Millennials, and Millennials don't get Gen Z, and Boomers just they don't get any of us. It's a tale as old as time. So today we're gonna do our best to bridge that gap and create a dialogue that makes sense for everyone. I have always said with Jasmine. She has such a limited amount of experience out in the world, but she's an observer and she pays attention to her surroundings and her wheels are are always turning. She's a student of human behavior, just like her mom. She's a great communicator, a great listener, incredibly self-aware for being so young and a thoughtful question asker. Jasmine is exceptionally well-read, which I think really helps her navigate life at this age. I've also noticed that she tends to learn from the mistakes of others, from watching others her age. She approaches life as a teenager very differently than most her age, and in my opinion, this makes her wise beyond her years. So I'm excited for you guys to get to know her. Jasmine Daya, welcome to the podcast. Hi. Oh God, that was a lot. Are you, are, you, are you excited to be doing this again? Yeah. You are? Mm-hmm. Are you sure?
1: Yeah, because so... <laughs> I feel like I'm like more calm. Yeah,
0: like... well that and too, you, now you got, it's like, I feel like the first time you kind of work out all the kinks and work yeah. out all the, Yeah. The bugs that are yeah exactly um okay so this will be good I want to start by asking you something you know that I, I talked about in the introduction there about uh, um, how teenagers feel that their parents just don't get it and you have said this to us a time or two I know you have some experience with it yourself and I know you have friends who do as well so I want to start by unpacking this a bit where do you think that feeling comes from do you think it's a lack of trust um, that Parents just don't know what is best for their teenagers?
1: Mm, I think it's different for like a lot of different teenagers, but I think in general, what it is is like, I think honestly, adults are so different from teenagers. And so when you grow up, in general, you change and then the people around you change. So you kind of forget what it's like to be a teenager. Mm -hmm. Like you experienced it and you remember like some aspects of it, but a lot of times parents almost can't really relate, I guess, to it. And not only that, but, like, every generation, it changes. Like, the teenagers change. And um, there's especially been an extremely big change between our two generations Mm -hmm. because of technology and social media and all of that. It just introduces a whole new factor. And I just feel like, in general, like, our entire culture has just changed so much. Like so, not only like, also like just politically like everything. It's changed so much. Yeah, so.
0: yeah, and that's all you ever. That's all you know, which is crazy.
1: Yeah, and I mean like teenagers live on social media, and it's like when you absorb so much of that, it just kind of like becomes you, and then it becomes everyone around you, and so it's just like, it's it's so much different. So when I'm just gonna use an example. Yeah. Um. Like I've said this like quote um that you just don't get it especially to dad when he would say like oh why don't you go across the street and knock on the neighbor's door and when we first moved into this house why don't you see if their daughters want to hang out that's like not what you do It's the root of so many arguments yeah that's just not what you do in this generation um maybe when you're five you could do that but not when you're 15 so and a girl I think. and a girl yeah. yes um girls i mean even in your generation they were catty but i think especially now with social media it's just like you go into comment sections and it's just like horrible slanderous like disgusting Mm -hmm. so and the girl won't be doing anything wrong she's just probably pretty Mm -hmm. so yeah but um with the lack of trust thing i think that um I don't know. I think that teenagers just tend to think that they're right like all the time. And like I own up to that like I do. I'm stubborn and I think I'm right all the time, and typically I'm not. But um a lot of times it probably just comes from a feeling of not feeling like you're heard. Yeah. So you just kind of result you like go to
0: I didn't even think about that. That's yeah. actually a really good point. Yeah. Not feeling like you're So do you feel like the more we Um, are able to acknowledge and receive what it is you're saying, the more you trust us. Yeah. I, yeah,
1: I think so. Because when a lot of times what, what happens is like, especially in conversations when you're arguing, it's not, you're not actually listening to the other person. You're thinking about what to say back to like rebuttal what they say it's not actually taking in what they're saying you know Mm -hmm. so and I think that I think that it comes with a lot of arguments especially from parent to child and honestly it's happened a lot with when we not arguments I would say because we don't like argue we disagree about something but we disagree yeah Yeah. and um when we do it's like I'm constantly just like searching my brain for like I'm not really listening to you I'm searching my brain for like how do I rebuttal this because most of the time you do make very good points and so but I feel the need to defend myself Not only that, but I'm just stubborn. That's Mm -hmm. just me in nature. But I think that's the case for a lot of teenagers. So,
0: yeah, I, 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 I can tell that's what you're doing. Um, and I think that with that has come me, um, recognizing the need to make sure you do feel heard so that you don't feel like you have to defend yourself Mm -hmm. because it's not an attack. It is, you know, giving you guidance or coaching you in a direction or away from something or toward whatever. And, um, I, you know, you've always been stubborn. You've always wanted to be right. Yeah. And so I think it, for you, it's more about being right than it is about being, about making the right choice. But what I do notice about you is like if you want to excuse yourself from the discussion, which you often do, and return the next day or later on that day, you will after giving it some thought, like you like to give things thought Mm -hmm. and then you'll come back to it and go, okay, I thought about what you were saying. Yeah. Yeah. So sometimes that's the answer just to give your teenager the space to really think about what it is you're saying that coupled with acknowledging that you hear what they're saying. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. I also think just like in the heat of the moment, sometimes it's just like, you can't really fully like grasp everything and you're just yeah, it's just emotions.
0: Maybe. And I think, too, to your point about, you know, not feeling heard or wanting to feel heard. I think that that is also, that affects parents, too. Yeah. Like, when we feel like you don't hear us, mm-hmm. I feel like there's nothing more frustrating than, I mean, that goes for every relationship. That goes for marriages, that goes for friendships, that goes for, you know, you uh, with your teachers, and you want to know that they are hearing you. Yeah. And um, I think that... We, as parents, also get really frustrated when we feel like our kids aren't listening to us.
1: Yeah, no, I bet.
0: Yeah. And I think that that's when we, whenever we have had, I think I always say, like, Jasmine, and I probably get into it twice a year, where we really get into it, where we yeah. really have, like, a a strong um, argument to where it's... uh where like we throw our hands up in the air and be like, I I can't with you anymore. Kind of like that. Like probably twice a year, the last few years. Other than that, we're pretty good at communicating. Um, and knowing what, what each other needs in the moment in order to get our points across and and give each other what the other person needs. But, um, I think that those arguments are the ones where we're really not, we're really not hearing the other person. Yeah. 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 It's a, a really good point that you made. Um, Yeah, I'm going to, I hope, I hope, I hope the parents listening are, are going to take notes on that. Um, also too, when you're talking about generational differences in social media, that is, you know, you said something actually in our first recording of this episode that bombed because Hmm. we couldn't, we didn't get the audio. Um, you mentioned Back in our day, it was bullying was going up and intimidating a child or a student or whatever in person and saying, "Give me your lunch money." Yeah. And now, what is it?
1: Well, now, so people don't ever really say things to your face now. At least where I live, I know it may be different in other places, but um, it's all just like over social media or gossiping, which gossiping has been around for a long time, but now it's like basically only what it is, and um yeah honestly and just like really just talking about other people's backs um because no one's like everyone's too scared to go to your face and like say anything so which is like even more it's just like if you're gonna say something to say to my face because you can't defend yourself right and so it's just like and that's how gossip spreads that's how your name gets like tarnished and then it's like it's completely out of your control because you can't you know like you're not put in a situation where you're confronted with that so that you can invent yourself.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and so somebody, do people start, I mean, you, you've never really clarified this, but do rumors like get started online or like social media and then it kind of spills over into school and then how, like, is this say, is something that we never had to deal with.
1: I would say not necessarily on social media, but I would say like in general over text or like group chats and stuff, or someone will post something on social media or someone will unfollow someone on social media, just like things like that. Or someone will make like a post on their story or I don't know.
0: It really just depends. I have a question. Um, I don't know if I've ever asked you this before. Do you ever have, um, let me think about how I want to formulate this. You know, we, we, what we all, a lot of us parents have heard about, you know, when, when they talk about like really wait to, to let your child on social media, really wait to give your child a, a smartphone or whatever um because th- otherwise they never get to check out they, mm-hmm. we, in our day and age when we came home it's like the day we were done from the day and we didn't have to see or interact or hear from or watch anybody that we had to deal with you know all day long and we could have a break from all of that and now it's like 24/7 and what i wonder you know so what for 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 my generation like you'd go to school the next day and if you were left out of something you would kind of – you may hear about it. You may hear, mm-hmm. like, somebody talking about the night before, somebody talking about the weekend, and you're like, oh, that that's a bummer, like, I wasn't invited. Um, and then you kind of move on because they've already moved on. They've already done whatever the thing is. But now it's, like, in real time, um, teenagers will post if they're together with friends and whatever they're they're doing that weekend or that evening. Is there a lot of FOMO that goes on? In bet- I, I would imagine that would cause – like and I don't think this is something we've ever really talked about but I even think adults go through this where I mean I've heard stories from from some of my friends um I'm not I'm an I'm a homebody so I don't really deal with that FOMO but I mean 10 years ago maybe but um how is that for our teenagers these days do you hear people talk about it it's so hard I, I used to get it really bad um
1: I think that No, it's definitely a big thing. And I think that's almost like when you do post and you're with people, it's almost like this, um, it's like a statement of like, I'm hanging out with people. I'm busy. People want to hang out with me type of thing. And it's a statement to like anyone else who like, isn't a part of that friend group that it's like, Oh, these are the people. These are the core group. You know what I mean? It's just like, it's very, at least that's the energy I feel like it gives off, Mm -hmm. um, but I also just feel like social media, social media in general is very calculated. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, no, I I think that everyone experiences a lot of FOMO. Um, and, like, sometimes on purpose, like, when you, you hang out with people, like, you don't post photos if there's someone in the group that isn't there. Or, like, just so that they don't feel that way. Mm-hmm. When you're being considerate like that, that's, like, what you do. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, some
0: people just don't because... Yeah, they're not thinking about who else it's going to affect or whatever. But that sucks, you know. A, you should be able to post whatever you want to post when you want to post it, and B, at the same time, it sucks that people have to feel left out, you know. Yeah. And if there is a a malicious intent behind it, like I'm going to post this so so and so knows they weren't invited, well, that's just Mm -hmm. cruel. Yeah. um, Something we talked about, I think, the first time we tried to record this episode was, um, and I don't really, I don't actually remember what you said but it had to do with parents not understanding um something about the pressures that you guys go through socially i mean we obviously i mean that's something we've all gone through we've all gone through social pressures and stuff but somehow you feel i feel like you were mentioning something about it being different now that there's pressure in a different way with this generation with teenagers that there maybe we didn't have to deal with
1: yeah i think that um well I feel like you probably dealt with it to a certain extent, but I think with social media, it makes it a little bit harder. Um, typically, like, when you... It's like, this is so stupid, but this is just, like, an example. When you have a bunch of unopened snaps on your phone, you know, you're considered, like, you want it almost. Like, for me personally, I don't. I mean, I lately I have been because I just don't want to respond to people. But um, there are some people who just scroll and scroll and scroll and it's just a bunch of unopened snaps, and it's just like that's Why? just they have so many people snapping them. I don't I don't know or they leave them undelivered for a long time, but it's a weird statement of like I am popular, I am wanted. It's it's weird, but it, it's and they, a Did they do that on purpose? I I mean I I think for some people they're just horrible at texting. Like I know people that are just that way yeah but like some self yeah i feel like some people honestly they just it makes them feel important and i get it like because when how do when you, you know have, that how do you know that people that that's the case with people because i've experienced it from my own like that's just,
0: like... Oh, people that don't get back to you? People that don't open your, your...
1: Yeah, and it's also just, like, when... If I have a lot of people texting me or, like, reaching out to me or whatever, I feel, like, wanted and nice. And it, it does feel nice. Like, it really does. But it's also... It's addicting. It's, like, I remember... I forget who invented the like button or whatever, but he said that was his biggest, like, regret in life. It was, like, Mark Zuckerberg's, like... Yeah, who knows? I don't know. Yeah. But, yeah, it's, it's like that almost. And mm-hmm. it's, like, it goes... It's the same for like followers, you know, it's like, okay, this many people follow you it, or yeah. So that's honestly. like the
0: new street cred, the new popular, what, what determines of whether or not you're popular is like, fo- like that is something that we didn't have followers, mm-hmm. likes, you know, yeah. unopened snaps, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's like, and parents would not get that. You're right. They wouldn't.
1: And I I notice. I'm like, okay, so I know who was like popular at my school. I go on their Instagram and I'm like, okay, a thousand followers. cool and it's like me uh 100 so it's just like to be fair you have not been on
0: instagram that long because you had a mom that wouldn't let you yeah but it's like that's just like an example what do you think about um the age of kids slash teenagers that because we this is something you and i haven't talked about in years probably um we decided that you were we were not going to let you on social media at least not i mean we you had like a slime account I think on Instagram like briefly and then like a cheer account for like not very and I think they're even still up but um I can't take them down oh really yeah they were very temporary but um people are gonna go find them yeah but but you were not like you posted a couple things and then that was it and then we just said you know what no social media we're um no Snapchat no no Instagram you never no TikTok Snapchat. no none of that until you were 13 I think Yeah, was and um a lot of your friends all of them probably I think were on like before like the age of 10 and um you when we did when you for your 13th birthday we let you get Snapchat not Instagram though cuz because mm-hmm. that's how your friends were communicating with each other yeah um but you'd later went on to say you know what I'm actually glad that you guys made me wait what what is the reasoning behind that honestly I just got to
1: develop more as a person I feel like I think that when I think that boredom is honestly really important like because you you're forced to like okay what am I gonna do and so you find things that you like to do and then you know you that's like um that's how people find hobbies or what they're interested in so for me I got to be really interested in art and reading and like I would not have picked up a book ever if it weren't for the the fact that because it's so easy with social media to just waste your time it's just mind numbing and it passes the time so it's like with people you don't when when you get on it so young it's like you don't have any like free time to really discover yourself Mm -hmm. you know and i know people who have been on it since the age of like eight as young as eight even Mm -hmm. younger And they don't really have any hobbies or anything they're really interested in or passionate about or anything like that. And um, I think it's just really important, especially in those developmental years. Because 9 years old, 10 years old, 11, that area is your developmental years. That's when, like, your brain is, like, really developing. You're, like, really becoming, like, your own person. Mm -hmm. And that's so important to, like, not – like, you shouldn't be – influenced. and, like, we're seeing this – Huge! This is a really big joke on TikTok right now. A huge epidemic of these 10, ten year ten-year-old Sephora girls who are ten years old and who are buying all of these like skincare and makeup products and like even younger, even like seven. Mm-hmm. And like, listen, I liked makeup at that age, but it was for fun. It was like art. I never wore it out, or I never, you know what mm-hmm. I mean. And it's just like this epidemic of these kids, and they're into all of these like old, like older people stuff, like seventeen-year-old stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Teenage
0: 20s, college years, yeah.
1: Yeah, and that's a whole different conversation because honestly at this point there isn't really a tween stage for mm. kids anymore. Mm-hmm. But um, basically
0: it's just like, the younger they get on it, the more, the, the, the sooner they're exposed to things. That yeah. Are, yeah. Because that's,
1: I mean, like, that's what's marketed to them at this point.
0: Yeah. I, you know, it's funny when I think, I didn't put it together, but when I think back about the story that you told us, I mean, we knew when it happened, but about when you first started reading, you read, it was like on good, or what is it online that where you can read a book, pick a book to read online? You were at Sophie's oh, house. Oh, it was at my, like,
1: yeah, it was at, You're my at little... Sophie's house. And Sophie was There was prob- like this sketchy website that like. It got taken down. I was like, oh, and they had can like get get free books, books. Free, yeah,
0: yeah. And Sophie was probably on her phone, probably on social media. Your friend who's two years older than you, mm-hmm. and um, you don't didn't have social media, yeah. and so you found a book and you read it, and that from that point forward, you were hooked on reading on reading. It
1: was honestly like it was a really great form of escapism for me because it was during the COVID during lockdown, lockdown time in twenty. It was,
0: 20, so- it was um, fall of twenty twenty like October of
1: 2020 yeah Mm -hmm. and it was it was that period was really hard and it was it was honestly a really great form of just escapism and I felt so happy when reading like when there was like a really funny scene or when there was like really heartwarming scene it just it was like the best form of just like because it exercised my mind I learned new words my vocabulary expanded but it felt like I was watching TV in my head mm-hmm. and it was great. Mm-hmm.
0: And I, you read 24, like you read, Yeah, we had to, I remember one time, cause before you picked up reading before COVID, I mean, maybe a little bit in covid you were in you did video games like xbox mm-hmm. or whatever Fortnite. and i remember when you started reading you stopped that altogether. and what i did like about yeah. xbox i will say was that you had interactions with mm-hmm. um your friends yeah and it was really great honestly that's how i kept in contact with them and i remember when you stopped altogether with with video games and you were reading you were in so we were happy you're reading but were, you, your face was always in a book you took a book everywhere you went everywhere mm-hmm. you went and Anybody that knows you will remember that. Like there's pictures of us out and you have a book in your hand. And I remember when you got on um, Xbox to play with one of your friends, like just randomly one day and I got so excited. I'm like, what world do we live in that I'm actually excited that she put her book down to play video (laughs) games when most parents, it's the other way around. But, you know, to the point of like what you're saying about social media, had you been on social media, you may have never discovered that.
1: Yeah, because so here's the funny thing. Because I wasn't on social media, I didn't feel the need to like be social or like to be social for the looks for anyone else. It was, I almost took pride in the fact that I was different, you
0: know, mm-hmm. and I think. Yeah, and you gained confidence because of that. I think,
1: mm-hmm. But I also think, see, there's a balance because when I got reintroduced to society, because I was severely socially awkward and I was very anti-social. secluded. Yeah. Antisocial. When I got introduced in, into society again, I didn't really know how to like. Talk to people my age. Mm-hmm. It was really
0: hard for me. And that's a lot and of people though during COVID. A lot of kids. Yeah,
1: age. yeah, I think so. But I think that some people kept in contact with other people like online. um For me, I really didn't, mm-hmm. and so it was really, really hard for me. I did get made fun of um at my old school, and it, for reading or for what? For a lot of things, just like the way I was, honestly, because I just so didn't. Yeah. yeah, I was just different, and I, I just didn't understand, and I didn't really know, and. I also didn't know any of like the TikTok trends or, you know, because people make references. TikTok is so ingrained into your mind. I make references daily and you guys don't even know what I'm talking about. Mm -mm. Like, and it's, it's such a big part of our culture at this point. Mm -hmm. And so when you're, you were late to it, I was very late to it. So it was very hard for me. And when I did get on it, I think that it was like a good blend because I felt like, okay, I've developed as a person but I'm also ingrained into society Mm -hmm. and I like understand, you know, like so I can have a conversation with basically anyone, Mm -hmm. including people that are super antisocial and reading whatever and then people who are you know, on the other end of that spectrum, Mm -hmm. which is honestly, I recognize that because I've taught, there's like, in every school, there are the kids that are like the outsiders and, you know, considered kind of weird, Mm -hmm. but I would talk to them at school sometimes and I would just have a legitimate conversation with them. Yeah, And they're genuinely like cool. They remind me of me like back then. And so it's like funny. I'm like, they're cool people. I don't know why they get made fun of.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I don't know either. I mean, you are definitely part weird. I but this. it's what makes you no in a good mm-hmm. way it's what makes you you you're definitely not like everybody else Thanks, I mean Mom. I love it when you refer to like some of your outfits you'll be like you'll say like it's my basic white girl outfit <laughs> like they're they' like right here right now like you got yeah. my Lulu define jacket <laughs> and this is how I mean you just started dressing like with pink and stuff but you I'm were like it. dressing in a way that I'm just like oh my gosh and you just did not care and you because you were not influenced by anybody else but yeah. glad you got that I'm glad you got the um the bag lady lo- or whatever that look was yeah. that you were. The
1: pendulum swung one way, oh it's going gosh, the other, it's evening
0: out. I just want you to look like a clean. And Thanks, mom. Good, that's all. Okay, <laughs> so okay. switching gears a bit, yeah. something we discussed a few days ago when we started brainstorming, um, we talked about how parents and teenagers will sometimes be on opposite sides when it comes to priorities that the parents tend to be more future focused, putting emphasis on areas that will be more important later on and where the teenagers focus tends to be much more short-term. And i you know, I always say it's like, it's a free parental free prefrontal cortex because you guys can't predict the consequences of reactions as easily. And that doesn't happen until you 25. Um, so I don't, I don't know if that has something to do with it, but I do notice that like the priorities of a teenager are much more like what is important today. They're not thinking about their future and their parents are a lot oftentimes that's all they're thinking about um so with your own observations what you're seeing in trends and even in your own experience with whatever you're comfortable sharing what are your thoughts about them having such different priorities and like what yeah let's start there um well I think so first of
1: all I just want to say like I think both sides are honestly very valid because at the end of the day like it is, so it's a teenager's life, you know, it's their future, and so the parent obviously wants the best for them, so I do respect that. Um, I think that there's a balance, though, because a lot of times, it depends on the age of the teenager, because they can be 16 and working, and also doing school and sports, and it's a lot to take on. I think that a lot of parents tend to underestimate, like, just how much their teenagers are taking on, in a day, going through, it's not just that, it's also, you know, their social life, drama, relationship problems, maybe, you know, it's just, it's a lot, and so I think that the emphasis that parents put on it, it's valid, but sometimes it's just, like, when it's so intense to where it's, like, they'll punish their kids for, like, getting a B or, like, a C plus or whatever, it's just, it's really hard on, the kid because the kids probably already hard on themselves mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and it's like when you have that relationship with your parents where it's like oh my god they're gonna kill me about this grade. like you don't want to i feel like you don't want to live in fear of your parents are people are, do you see that um well my friends are more actually hard on themselves what, but
0: it, it does that come from their parent or why are they hard on themselves i mean i know you used to be they're
1: but. just ambitious i think um one of them wants to be a valedictorian one, honestly, she just she just has her life together, and then the other, um, I honestly don't really. Her parents are strict, kind of, but not necessarily with grades. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. But I, like I remember growing up, like even in elementary school, like definitely there were a lot of kids that were like, "Oh my god, my parents would kill me if I got you know a B or whatever." And I was getting like
0: C's, <laughs> but mm-hmm. yeah, it was. Um, yeah, you didn't really start caring about your grades until. Well, I, it was like, yeah, so Gilmore Girls, I, yeah. <laughs> Gilmore girls really inspired you. And I think it was like during COVID that you were binging Gilmore girls. And then when you did go back to school, I took it serious, you were like very, way more than we are about yeah. it. I mean, we want you to obviously do well, but you would put so much pressure on yourself, but yeah. I mean, do you think that our kids these days, I mean, where do you, what, like, what are some of the areas that teenagers are struggling with or what, are or what do they worry about most that their parents, like, may not know about? Um, I think
1: that, I think for a lot of teenagers, I mean, it depends on their relationship with their parents, but I think that in general, it's hard to, I feel like we're all trying to portray, like, um, a false image of ourselves,
0: you know, like, put on a facade, facade facade Shut up. she learned that word by reading because she's such a so so in her head it's always facade and yeah so facade, now I, whatever. whatever no honey I know, I, you know what the word means that's the no, important I know, part. I know. yeah go ahead sorry
1: um that they're like you know okay and that they're like their life is together and that they're good and their emotions are fine and so a lot of times when you're in that mode it's almost like a survival mode when you're in that mode it's hard to turn that off in front of your parents too and so your teenager may be going through a lot, like, and they're just handling a lot and they're really stressed and because school's really stressful and balancing that with everything else is really hard and it's just exhausting, honestly, every day to, like, go to school. It sounds so simple, but it's really exhausting. And, um, I mean, Do you like... you think it's exhausting for everybody?
0: Yes. Really? Yes. That's, that's the feedback you hear.
1: Um, I know this because of TikTok, actually, because there's something called TikTok reposts. And Mm -hmm. so it'll be a depressing TikTok of like, I hate school, whatever. Like I see like 10 reposts, a bunch of people I know reposting. Wow. So it's like, I, um, so teenagers are feeling this way and going through all this. And I think a lot of teenagers just feel like they can't really talk about it or speak up about it, um, to their parents, maybe because they don't want their parents to
0: think that they're like complaining or that they're like, whatever the thing is. But, um, that brings up a a question about, you know, we, we've talked about this before, the whole glamorization of, of mental illness and depression and um, how that's really been highlighted on social media mm-hmm. and it's highlighted in movies and, and shows and songs and it's become this thing that's almost like um, it makes you feel, I don't know, can you talk about that a little bit? You know more than I Yeah. Would. I think that, well, I think that
1: effort originally just in media was to spread awareness, but I think it's either reached the wrong audience, well, I think it's reached teenagers, which I feel like isn't a great audience, because teenagers are so impressionable, and they just absorb everything
0: um, that they're given and so like they're easily influenced by everything like the stuff that's good for them they're influenced by and but also the stuff yep. that's bad for them they're yeah able.
1: because an example of something that's good for you that they're influenced by is like a healthy lifestyle what's in right now is clean girl healthy pilates girl she does yoga and she eats whole foods like right. that's really in right now so a lot of teenagers are doing that but it's like there's also but there was a, a period of time where it was this other more dark Mm-hmm. and i know i personally know one person who honestly Her intro introduction to mental illness was through this show called Euphoria. And that made her just go down a hill because it almost spreading that awareness makes you so aware of your emotions to where it it causes this like loop, this spiral. It's it's really bad. But um I think that for a lot of people they found comfort in like sitting in that sadness and whatever and also surrounding them, make, creating an echo chamber of like sad music, watching sad movies and shows and you know, whatever mm-hmm. form of media and originally it was like to feel comforted and also to feel like understood but I think it's gotten to a point for a lot of people where it's just like it's all they see and they're surrounded by so they don't have like anything else, you know, it's like yeah. they're unreachable. So yeah yeah good I also think that um it's like if you're sad you're depressed you know it's not like because like people in like the 60s would say like oh you have the blues or whatever Mm -hmm. they would like make it smaller than it actually was which honestly is more helpful than you think it's not it's not necessarily invalidating it I don't think because everyone has emotions at the end of the day Mm -hmm. and there are people that have had breakdown like everyone has had a breakdown okay and so it's like But that doesn't necessarily make you have a, like, chronically ill mental illness. Yeah. Which a lot of people are self-diagnosing and whatever just because they are going through a really hard period in their life. Which I'm not trying to invalidate at all because uh, people's feelings are valid and what they go through is completely valid. But that doesn't mean that you have this chronic, chemical, imbalance mental illness.
0: Mm -hmm. And what's something that you pointed out is that um, it gives – and I just want to be clear – you and I both have some experience in this area without saying too much. Yeah. So we're not at all invalidating anybody. No. But the problem is, is that when you're exposing a lot of young, so it's it, it's twofold. So on one side, it's good because it's raising awareness. And we need that because back in my day, there wasn't any awareness. Yeah. And we heard about a, a, a kid in high school who was on Prozac his senior year, a very popular kid, got around the entire school. It was big, big news, huge news. You know about this. I've told you. Yeah. And now it's like every other person you meet that's a teenager yeah. is on something or being Everyone. treated or in therapy or whatever. So it is to the point now where we have that awareness, which is good. We need mm-hmm. that. But at the same time, that pendulum swung so far the other direction that now um, it's the whole question of would this person have developed this sort of identity of I am like identifying with being a
1: mentally ill person yeah
0: yeah um had they not ever been exposed to the idea that it was like glamorized mm-hmm. in whether it's songs or whether whether it's music or shows or social media or movies yeah is there's a, some question to that it's kind of it's like a kind of like drugs you know i also think that as a
1: teenager you're trying to find your identity and a lot of people will find it in their whatever emotions are going through their mental illness mm-hmm. and so people will make it their identity and make it but it then furthers it you know what i mean yeah feeds it it's like a feedback loop exactly and they may have not even gone to that point in the beginning if they hadn't made it their entire like like you how you said about um your autoimmune Mm -hmm. issues yeah how you made it your entire identity which it's made it worse almost it did yeah so feedback
0: loop mm -hmm. yeah so and you have to interrupt the loop I mean, I uh, we you and I have had so many conversations about this because it was such a big thing in your in your old school that we we talked about. It's like you ha- you have to cut that feedback loop mm-hmm. and start feeding it in another direction. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was going to say something else on it, but I can't remember. Shoot. Well, so, yeah. Oh, I know what I was going to say. I one of the one of the points that you made uh recently was it um it, it kind of sucks because the people that are really suffering, sometimes they're not getting what they need because mm-hmm. the attention's going to people who... Do you, do you remember when we talked about yeah, this?
1: Yeah, so people... Because there's now been this epidemic of people who either exaggerate it or whatever, attention seekers essentially, um, then people who actually have it are accused of being an attention seeker. Um, I'm not saying that People who claim to be have whatever are attention seekers. Um, I'm just saying that, like, this is just an example Um, someone that self harms but doesn't, but just does it so that, and then shows their friends is like, look what I did. Mm -hmm. Like, that's, I've heard of a story once of a fourth grader doing that and showing their friends. Yeah. At
0: the same time, you have, at the same time, it's so hard because is it a cry for help? You don't know. It's like the it's like the person who yeah. threatens you know suicide. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you know you can't you can't be so quick to discount it. But I think yeah. more my point in saying this in 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 bringing this up was that people will automatically assume, oftentimes, that if you are really genuinely struggling with a mental illness that you are an attention seeker because that, that, because that's what they're used to seeing. And we know somebody who actually considered one of your friends that when they'd heard about her, oh, was she an attention seeker? Where she truly was not. She had been mm-hmm. hospitalized for her mental illness. And it was your other friend's immediate suspicion. Yeah. Which is sad. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not taken seriously. So it's tough. It's really tough out there. But I'm glad to see that it's starting to dissipate that whole... Yeah. Um, it being such a a, something that girls are young girls are gravitating to. I think it's also important to point out girls go through puberty. They're hormonal. All of this stuff happens around those tween early teen years. And that can be very easily um, confused with depression. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know how it is. I mean, I still, I still ride the hormonal roller coaster at 45. I mean, you're up and you're down, you're up and you're down. And it's like, you know, sometimes it's just hor- sometimes it's not depression or bipolar or anxiety. Yeah. Sometimes it's just you know. I also think <laughs> your that cycle.
1: Like, I also think that as like a kid, you're just so like happy and good all the time for the most True. part, and it's like all of a sudden life hits you, and it's all of a sudden this roller coaster. And you're not used to it, so you see, oh, the word's depression,
0: and you're like, oh, that's me. That's me. Yeah, especially if it's something that's being really highlighted. So mm-hmm. it's, a, it's an interesting conversation. Yeah. Um. Why? do do you think teenagers don't confide in their parents more is there is there something that the teenagers are afraid of um is do they not feel safe like what is it that it keeps them from confiding in their parents
1: i think there's like there needs to be like a trust kind of established between a parent and a child and when a parent breaks that trust it it changes things um If a parent like if a teenager comes to their parent and like is vulnerable with them, you know, like bearing themselves to them um, about something that they're going through or their emotions and their parent either invalidates them or compares them like, oh, I had it much worse than you or just like anything like that or just doesn't listen to them, doesn't give them the time of day that breaks that trust. And so your teenager won't come to you then because they've been hurt by you before. Mm-hmm. And they can't just, like, they're not going to come to you again expecting a different result, you know? And so it, and it takes a lot of courage in the first place to come and speak out about something that you're going through, especially because the, the world nowadays, it's, it is hard to, unless you have a really close friendship, it's hard to talk to your friends sometimes about things that you go through. Um, because there is a stigma around it, like we were talking about. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, or even if it's not even that serious, but it's still something like maybe a breakup. I don't know. Yeah. Their parent like invalidates them or, or just doesn't listen, doesn't care. It's the, like the biggest advice I'd give to parents is not just literally just listen, like listen, like be that open ear and then you can provide advice but i wouldn't say tell them what to do you know mm-hmm. i feel like there's a healthy balance between that mm-hmm. um i know that parents love their kids at the end of the day um but it's like re- really showing it in those moments is very important like i and i know that parents have like so much on their plate you know they go to work and they come home and it's just like this end of the day of the end of the day after you work and you're just tired and worn out and then your kid comes to you and you're just so exhausted i get it it's hard Mm -hmm. but it's like your kid needs you like Mm -hmm. it's it may not be serious to you but you don't fully know you know you never fully know and worst case scenario what if they've been going through it for so long that they do something stupid and they end up like hurting themselves you will live in regret like forever and that's obviously the worst case scenario but there have been scenarios like that that I have heard of that everyone's heard of but personally that I've seen and it's it's not it's you intervened in somebody's yeah it's not um you never want to live in that regret so I just say like have that constant contact where you feel in touch with each other which you have with me honestly because anytime you feel like I'm acting off or whatever, you, you're just like, "Hey, how are you? Are you doing good?" And I have just, my jasmine radar up, yeah. I can sense it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think I think you're just sensitive to energies. I am too. Well, that
0: that and also too, until this podcast came around, and really, I mean, I guess a little bit with staging too is when I started really becoming more busy. You know, I, you guys are were my job. I, yeah. And That my family in the house, and not, and that's where I always say, you know, because I know you are the go to friend for a lot of that they're your your peers peers, yeah and jordan is too and a lot of times you guys can come down on the parents and be like i don't know why their parents and i always and i always say listen you guys are you guys don't understand you are spoiled you have had me to yourself you have not had i mean i you guys are my world and not i don't know any i could count on one hand if i if i know any parents that are that have given have chosen to do that because it is actually what they enjoy you know yeah. and um I just have grown so um I've really like settled into it you know into that into the life of being a stay-at-home mom and I really enjoy being a mom and that and the listeners know if they've heard my previous episodes that that did not used to be me at all but um most parents have to work most parents have yeah. other things going on and um they can't they don't have the same bandwidth and capacity Mm -hmm. and that's not their fault and so you have to be go easy on the parent. and i always tell you to tell your tell your friends that too like it's um it i the parents want to know but um i think sometimes they're so just they've got so much going on they're so distracted sometimes they're not catching the signs Mm -hmm. so it's at that point the teenager teenager should not wait for the parent to say something. They should, you know, approach their parents and say, can we, is there a time that we can sit down and talk? And this, and I know I missed, when you were really going through a difficult time, I missed, because I started getting busy with staging a year and a half ago, I missed, you know, some signs that you were just not doing well in the school you were in and, you know, lots of stuff and everything. So, and it happened so easily, so quickly. Like, Mm -hmm. and if it happened to me, by doing staging, which is nothing in comparison yeah. to most of these careers, it can happen to any parents. Mm-hmm. So I always say, you know, you gotta, you gotta, um, consider like the differences there. Um, but as far as kids, um, what can parents do, um, to help their teenager, um, want to open up to them more? Do you think like checking on them? Is that, is... Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I just... I think, I think a couple things. I think kind
1: of getting down to their level more. You know, not talking down at them from, you know, your parenting high point. But, like, coming down to their level and kind of just connecting. And really listening and being, like, there for them. And, like, putting your full attention and focus onto them. Mm-hmm. You know, don't be doing anything else. Don't be working on your phone, whatever. Just, like, really make sure that they feel heard. And... Really just establishing that trust because once that trust is established established, and the teenager feels like they can come to you, they they will. Most of the time they will. And so that's really important. I mean, that's what I would assume what parents want. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, I think that's like honestly the main
0: thing. And um, I think something that I think occurs, this is definitely not you, but I think it's out there. I think that there's a lot of teenagers that, um, there's a lot of like cries for attention from their parents because mm-hmm. maybe they're not getting enough attention at home. Yeah. So they'll act out almost, um, intentionally, like purposefully, yeah. um, to get their parents attention mm-hmm. and with how the parents have responded, the ones I know about will say, oh, they're just trying to get attention. And that's tough because yes, that is what they're trying to do. They are trying to get your attention. Yeah. You are correct about that, but why, why mm-hmm. are they trying to get,
1: that's so. why I think that like recognizing what, when your child does something good and positive, I think that's so important because if they're, if they're only getting recognized for the things that they do bad and punished, then they're just going to keep on doing that. Cause yeah. that's the only, you know, mm-hmm. it's really, I mean like parenting and stuff, especially in the younger years is so like important. Like, how you do it is so important it's it's literally like it's this being that is growing and their brain is developing and it's what they're surrounded by affects them and how their brain develops it's so important and even in their teen years and so it's like if i mean neglecting is a strong word but if you're you know neglecting them i mean like they'll parent parent figures are so important so if you It's really important for the teenagers to receive that, um, those words of affirmation sometimes, Mm -hmm. the positive words of affirmation, because they won't, I mean, they won't act out.
0: Well, and and they're not, I mean, I think that the more you get acknowledged for the things you're doing well, the more you want to do well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And the more you get acknowledged for the things you're not doing well, the more you may act out. Yeah. Because if that's the only form of attention you're receiving. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know what I'm saying. I I, I don't no, have that's a degree in this, true. but I I suspect that there's something to that. No, because I know
1: I know that. Like I've seen it. Yeah. I had a, I had a friend literally in elementary school who, she got grounded like every other week, mm-hmm. and um. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, and but I mean, she would just act out all the time. But her, her mom never gave her any other attention other right. than that. You know, it yes. gave all the attention to the younger siblings. Yeah. And
0: now, she's but she didn't end up. Yeah. yeah. She's struggling. <laughs> Yeah. It's just you know oh gosh. That's, that's an unfortunate situation. So unfortunate. Um, yeah. It's it's important though. Yeah, I think recognizing their strengths in every little thing and I know you see you're not even a words of affirmation type of person, so you don't like to be like, Oh my gosh, you're so beautiful. Oh my yeah, gosh, you're I don't so like smart. to be like, like But mm. when we do something that you know or excuse me, when you do something that we know you've taken pride in and anything you've taken pride in you do really well, it's we are Never going to miss a, an opportunity to tell you. And I think that that is a good um, practice to get into. That's what I think. And I think also, too, when if your teenager's struggling, I think, um, you know, one of the things I want to point out is sort of lead those discussions by asking questions. Mm-hmm. I always say that like, ask questions about, like, hey, okay, you're. You're not doing well in school. You're not doing well on the subject. Okay, what's going on? Like, let's break it down. What's going on in class? And just sort of, instead of, like you said, get on their level, you know, Mm -hmm. instead of...
1: Yeah, and don't like... God, I've... Like, going back to like the whole grades thing, like, I know someone who... They got home from work one day, and their dad just immediately started yelling at them because of their report card came in, not even knowing the context of it because there were so many other factors that... Because she moved schools, it was a whole thing. Mm. And it's like hear your child out like right you know don't automatically jump to like the punishment being
0: so reactive Yeah. yeah 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 very good point okay um let's see let's switch gears a little bit um which areas do you think the teenagers feel their parents are putting too much attention on or is there anything that teen or parents are doing are are putting pressure on their kids do you see that much i, I mean you don't i'm mean, not putting any pressure on you really but um you put enough pressure on yourself mm. so i you mean, don't have to yeah <laughs> i think
1: well honestly though i think it's just different for a lot of parents i mean for a lot of years and this was valid on your part but you put a lot of pressure on me to be social
0: you know yes that is true um, that is true but i needed it you know and yeah you had the other stuff figured out. It's like, we didn't yeah. need to worry about you with school. We didn't really need to worry. You're like the most well-behaved kid. You like never, it's it's hard to come down on you because you're just such a good kid. I would say slightly... Um, lazy is not the right word but you're not Thanks. the no 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 no. <laughs> I'm saying it's not the right word you're not the quickest to like be super like helpful with household stuff but that's not a behavior um,
1: I clean the whole kitchen last I know you're night. getting
0: better I'm just saying there's like been a sort of a, I know by the way thank you yeah I kept meaning to yeah girl you you're that. welcome no like <laughs> honestly that's probably the best um cleanup I've seen you do and I, so I know you're trying I do um but as far as like your history if there's one thing that I could complain about it would be like okay well she doesn't really contribute to that kind of stuff but as far as behavior goes i mean it's like super easy like you're a very easy child so we've never really had to put like a ton of pressure on you for 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 anything because you put pressure on yourself the only thing is like the social thing Mm -hmm. like it's you are a homebody you well you've all you have a history of being a homebody yeah. and we knew for you just socially like how important it was so it's like while other parents are out there trying to get their kids to like stay home and mm-hmm. and and do their homework and be with the family we're trying to get you out yeah. I remember telling somebody recently I'm like I wish she would sneak out <laughs> like I wish <laughs> like, I wish I would like like the day I find something like a a beer bottle, or like a vape, yeah. or something. I'm going to be like, oh my! I don't know if I'm going to be like, wow, okay. No, I'm just impressed. kidding. That's not. I'm just kidding. I, that's <laughs> not. I will not be impressed. I will be pissed off. But yeah, anyway, probably. don't run with that. Yeah. So, anyways, but back to pressure. So, as far as like what you see with other teenagers, um, are, are their parents putting pressure on them in other ways? Mm, well, I think that uh, I think in general. Okay, so
1: something I've actually noticed is a lot of like ethnic immigrant families definitely. Yeah. Um because which most of your friends are to be fair. No, actually I mean I have actually a very diverse group of friends, but I think it's like second generation or something. Mm. But um but I honestly I think the most that I see, at least in my school, is a lot of pressure with sports and like being involved in that and like extracurricular stuff. So I think that in general school Um, just getting good grades and stuff, I think is, in general, what parents put a lot of pressure
0: on. Um, yeah, honestly. Do parents put pressure on kids to have their life figured out at, like, 16?
1: I think there's a natural pressure, honestly, to just have your life figured out because... You're asked by family members and whatever, like, oh, what do you want to do in college? You're what, asked, what career do you want, or you know, whatever. What do you want to major in? That's a lot of pressure because you're literally a teen. You're a child. You're f-
0: you are 15 and a half, and you get asked that all the time. And I'm stressed
1: over it. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh no, because I <laughs> truthfully don't know what job I want. Like, I'm interested in psychology. I like writing, but I mean, what job? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's it's hard and very few people know exactly what they want to do when they're this young Mm -hmm. and the likelihood of them sticking with it's slim right and so there's just naturally a lot of pressure to have your life figured out and not only that but it's like to have it figured out, it also means, like, okay, so you're balancing your schoolwork and you're balancing your sports if you're in summer and your extracurriculars. Your social life. Your social life. If you like or- Yeah, exactly. It's, like, balancing all that is having your life figured out, you yeah. know? And so it's, like, there, I think there's natural expectation to have it figured out because that's, I mean, it's what's expected of you, I guess, yeah. which some people live up to it and it ends up actually, you know, doing great things for them, but some people don't. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean... Yeah. And it's hard. It's so hard. And so I think some parents just have that expectation and it's hard to live up to.
0: Yeah. And I think also too, we all, you know, I don't want to spend too much time on this, but as far as like college goes, like we all, you know, not we all, that's too broad of a brush to paint with, but like a lot of parents are, we're still in the habit of like thinking our kids have to, I mean, and I know you want to go to college, but, um, so it's not an issue, but our kids have to go to college in order to have a successful future. And in the case not anymore. at all dissing on college. Mark had an amazing college experience. I did not go to college. I mean, I went to junior college. Jordan went to junior college, and um, then left after a year because it was during COVID, and he decided to um, to uh, real estate start real estate. So, uh, and and you want to go to go away, yeah. so. I think it's smart. Every for me. everybody's different, in, in what works for them. And the days of college being the answer are, I think, quickly leaving us. So, yeah. I there's mean, there's lots so of other, many other fields. Yeah, entrepreneurship.
1: You know, media, like an influencer, yeah. is like a huge one nowadays. It's weirdly,
0: a viable option. You guys, like parents who are listening. Yeah. I mean, I was looking at. I mean, just as a podcaster, when you do your research, you can see the 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 um possible you know what's what's possible income wise if you it's crazy if you are but but at the same time there's a lot that goes into that it's so
1: but it's so easy to be successful now because of tiktok the algorithm yeah it's so easy to blow up i saw dude today i saw kids from my school get seventy five thousand likes on a tiktok because they did a tiktok trend
0: yeah so you really if you did have a strategy and you had somebody sort of helping you with it you really could monetize Mm -hmm. an influencer type situation mm-hmm. but obviously you'd want to parlay that into something like take that money and then become an investor yep you gonna know, be, be, be smart with a it. TikToker for yep. life probably no but another thing i want to ask this is totally off topic but um and then uh, do, do you notice a difference in teenagers who want to who decide to start driving at 16 is that it's do- just honestly
1: the ones that are just like have their life together i don't know like it's it's weird it's like i think there's two different, different types of people there's the procrastinators and there's the People in have been together
0: in the nineties, and I'm sure the generation before mine, and maybe I don't remember. I don't remember what the millennials were like. Um, but you, you definitely got your license the minute you turned sixteen, yeah. and if you didn't, it was because you didn't pass your test. And I know now it's, as you know too, with some of your friends and Jordan with some of his friends too, it's like they're, nobody's in a hurry anymore.
1: It's like, honestly, I feel like the more common age is like 17 because it's like you're 15 and you start procrastinating getting your permit and then by the time you're 16, you're like, oh, shoot. See, this
0: is the funny thing because it's, you know why you're procrastinating? Because you're distracted because you have social media. Yeah. I am telling you, like – Honestly, we didn't yeah. have anything better to do than to freaking get our ducks in a row to make sure we had our yeah, life. Honestly, <laughs> yeah, that's actually probably it. Probably is. I mean, I have been like scratching my head on that. I'm like, why are teenagers not like chomping at the bit like I we thought were?
1: I also think that in general your generation because it's very like your parents go and work and leave you alone in the house for like ever gen x and so you couldn't get rides anywhere i feel like now with my generation yeah with my generation like we can get rides like anywhere at least for the people i know in the area i live in everyone can get rides anywhere from their parents or whatever
0: i was so excited never have to walk to and from school again the length i walked yeah Oh, my mom and I still talk about that. Um, it's long for my entire life, um, my entire, up until I was a sophomore. Um, okay, so I wanted to ask you about the license thing. And then, oh, yeah, do you think that our um, teenagers still working at 16? Do you still see like a... I do. A, um, yeah. I see yeah, it. yeah, I see it too. And I know you and I have talked about it. Because mm-hmm. you um, want to get money. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Do you think... Well, we've kind of already talked about being motivated by praise and being motivated by punishment. Um, There are, yeah. So, oh, I know where I was going to bring this up because there were some people that were asking about your, um, asking for you to tell the story about what happened with your legs that Mm -hmm. have been following um, my social media account since back then. Some people that don't even know you, um, but remember when you couldn't walk for a few weeks. Yeah. And what we're getting at here is stress. So what happened was Jasmine was a comp- competitive cheerleader for a couple of years. Started at 6 in sideline cheer, started comp cheer at I think 7 and then left when she was 10 and um comp cheer if you if you don't know about it, it's if you watch the Netflix documentary Cheer, so it's a good really watch good, it. Really good depiction about what it is like, even though it's college cheer, you'll you'll get the gist of it. Um, so Jasmine at a young age was doing comp cheer, traveling and everything. And um, the stress involved in that sport, it's very militant. And it did so much good for her that, you know, she ended up going back at 13 for one season. But um, it, for, so just to circle back, the reason why I'm bringing this up is because of stress and knowing your your what your teenager can handle stress-wise. And with you, um, you lost your like randomly started having these weird, um, bouts of pain, I guess, in your legs and your ankles and your in, and Mm -hmm. then you got to the point where you lost your ability to mobilize, like to walk for, it was a couple of weeks and you were hospitalized. Um, what do you remember about that?
1: I remember, well, I remember being in the hospital and I remember like a bunch of people just coming in and like Checking. I don't know. I I remember just not really understanding fully what 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 was happening, but I just knew like I just couldn't walk like and it was vi- it was confusing. And I don't
0: think it didn't seem like you were scared.
1: No, I honestly, but I think it was almost that child ignorance of just like ah, eh, things will be fine.
0: Oh my gosh, we were literally terrified because yeah. because of my issues. Yeah, we, we we were like oh no, you know she's she's getting it. But really, what we came to find out is. Um, cause your legs, basically what would happen? If you try to stand up, what would happen?
1: I was like a, like how you said a deer, like a oh, baby deer, like walking. a baby
0: deer trying to walk. Yeah. yeah.
1: It was like, they were weak. They wouldn't like, the muscles wouldn't work. They wouldn't hold you. Mm-mm. Yeah. And um, so, but I, we saw, I'll finish up the story. Yeah. Go ahead. We yeah. saw, um,
0: this, wait, what's it called? Muscle? Myoskeletal. Well, you were in the hospital for three days, oh, three yeah. nights and you were seen by every specialist. So let me just I wanted to um, edify this story a bit. Um, so, you know, at first you take her in and she's not scared. She's not upset. And you're just like, what in the world? Like, is she making this up? She's, you know, she's 10. Like, it's is so bizarre. It's out of nowhere. And um, then we, the special or whoever came in, I think this is right before you were still in the ER. So whatever doctor came in, I think a couple of them did this though. And they'd ask you, to, they're like, just stand up, just stand up. And you're like, I can't, I can't. And then he, I I know they thought you were faking it. And then when you finally did, he kind of grabbed your elbow to stand you up. You like went to put a foot forward. And then it was so obvious that you were not faking it because you looked like a baby fawn trying to walk. And then you fell, you grabbed onto whatever was near you to like brace yourself. And he, and he was like, oh, okay, okay, okay. All right. Come on. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. And like, <laughs> That happened, I think, twice with two different doctors. And, of course, then they admitted you. And they were like, oh, my gosh, something's definitely wrong. And so you were seen by a few different specialists. And then what ended up happening was after three nights, we we went home and we followed up with our myoskeletal specialist. And we took you to go see him to see if there was anything he could figure out. Just because he's good at, like, muscular stuff. And so what happened?
1: So basically, um, he took me in and worked on me for, like, three hours and basically like i honestly don't know how to explain it other than like it's like a really really painful massage where he was just like working my muscles and um basically what was happening my muscles weren't firing like and so he got them to fire i don't know the science behind he got them to fire again basically so i my legs were my legs were weak from not walking for like
0: a couple weeks but i stood up and i was i was like i could walk and it was crazy yeah and yeah he said that your muscles from your diaphragm to your ankles were completely locked down and he said it's absolutely from stress whatever she's been doing this this doesn't happen unless somebody's in because under a lot of stress and because mm-hmm. she's so young she's more susceptible so at that point we knew okay yeah she's just not built for this and sport. honestly stress
1: i feel like reflects heavily on my body your body I- yeah, absolutely I mean, like, last year, for example, losing all that hair, my deep eye bags, it was horrible. And it's because I was so and weight. stressed. You lost and a ton weight, of weight. Yeah. And it's, stress is, like, just, I feel like it honestly, like, wreaks havoc on my body. Yeah. I was telling my friend Gabby at school. Sorry, I don't know if we should bleep her name, but. It's fine. Um, Yeah, I was telling her at school uh, about that, and she was like, wow.
0: Yeah, you lost, like, 20 pounds. You lost yeah. a ton of hair. I oh, gained yeah. a
1: lot back, y'all. We're good. You gain a lot of what, hair? No, weight. well,
0: both. Your weight is healthy now. Your yeah. hair is looking healthier. And yeah, so it's just, yeah, you you really carry your stress physically. But anyway, a lot of people were wondering about that. Like, how did you handle that or whatever? And I think that you weren't scared. You weren't worried. And oh, I are talking about when I was 10. Yeah, but oh, yeah. you were definitely stressed, which is what caused it. Yeah. And I think that when... Well, I would just like, honestly, sorry
1: to interrupt you, but no, I would yeah. like... I remember this so vividly every single day I would like wake up and I would just be so stressed and like I wouldn't want to leave my bed and it was because I like I dreaded cheer like I didn't want to go to cheer practice at all because at that time the gym that I was at was very very intense and very emotionally intense as well. It was really really rigorous and insane and I I honestly grew to really hate it. Like I really hated it and I would dread practice every single day and I'd wake up just in a panic Mm -hmm. because I knew I had to go. I'd be at school and I'd be like, I would have just this anxiety pit in my stomach. There was so much stress like that
0: I felt at literally 10 years old. Yeah, so we pulled you out um, because we knew that if this is what stress is, what was causing this, that we knew probably where it was coming from. And, um, I guess the point in telling the story was one, because a lot of people were curious and no, she has not gone through that since then, um, uh, with the legs. But two, um, I think, no, you, it's important for us to realize that all our kids are not all the same. They're not yeah. all created the same. We, some of Jasmine's friends, some of our friends, kids as well, they are able to, their capacity to handle stress is so much stronger than yours. It's Mm -hmm. like, I always say it's comparing like a paper plate to a heavy porcelain piece of China. Like, you know, what is your capacity to handle that kind of weight of the stress? Like everybody, every child is, and teenager is going to be different. And do I think that that particular sport, um, brought a ton of value? I do. I do. I think it really did. Mm-hmm. Um, I, but we, it, but at the same time, like you have to kind of evaluate, like when the, um, cost of that value becomes too much, you have to then reevaluate, like, is it worth to keep it worth it to keep going? Yeah. And at that point at the cost was just too high. Um, so just understanding, I think, what your teenager is able to handle and not comparing them to others. Cause that's one thing I could have easily done with Jasmine. Cause mm-hmm. a lot of your friends were in, still in cheer and they were doing just fine. They and were progressing hand- mm-hmm. and they were handling their lives just fine. I'm like, okay, well, well, what's wrong with her? You know, and turns yeah. out, you know, there could be, there's coming to find out, there's a lot of things that could be contributing that we're not going to go into to some, some of the reasons why. But, um, I think it's just important to hear your kids. Yeah. Yeah when, when, when they're stressed like that. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I know we didn't talk about like substance abuse and things like that. Um, do you feel like that's an issue still with, with well, it's an issue still? Of course it's an issue. Yeah, it's but an like issue. in terms of like drinking and cannabis and vaping and pills. And, um, we all ha- have some awareness on some level about the fact that it's existed forever. One, yeah. one of those two things are all, um, from what you've witnessed, what 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 seems to be the substance that most teenagers right now are being drawn to because i feel like it's less and less drinking it's weed 100%. is it yeah honestly yeah i think it's weed i think nicotine's
1: very addicting but i think it was it was honestly like a bit of a trend in like 2020 um for whatever reason i think a lot of influencers were doing it so people caught on um but i feel like people have now like they're like it vaping icky um, that's good yeah it's good honestly very good um Nicotine nicotine's gross, but anyways, um, how would you know? Well, I'm saying because it's literally chemically
0: like formed in a factory. Like it's yeah. not even. I know that's a ca- a case a lot of people will make for cannabis and weed because it's natural. oh yeah, because it's natural. I'm not saying they're wrong. I'm just saying that I think that yeah. that's I think that for parents who don't know, I think that that's you know the way that you guys these days are kind of looking at it like um, nicotine and smoking and all of that is so much worse because mm-hmm. it's chemicals yeah is that yeah. kind of what the, the yeah. thoughts are mm-hmm. around that
1: yeah. honestly yeah um i think that we i just think weeds like i honestly don't really know i just think it's been normalized like i think a lot of teenagers it's do it totally normalized it's, yeah so and
0: it's obviously in california
1: it's legal but yeah that's true i just i think it really depends though I, honestly i'm gonna make this point too a lot of what i'm saying it depends on what area you're in like it does, yeah, because I can. I'm saying all of this from like a pretty nice area, um, but I know in a private school. <laughs> yeah, like
0: I know so many like stories about obviously like you have friends who don't who live in different areas and go to public schools. So. Yeah, and they're exposed to way more. way more. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. Well, as we close. I want to thank you for helping me with this episode. Tell you how proud, how proud I am of you. Thank you for doing this a second time with me. Yeah. Also, this take was a lot better. I think so, too. I think yeah. that we opened up a lot more subjects that we, mm-hmm. than we did. It was uh, more of a first, conversation, too. Yeah. I mean, I think the first time we did it, we didn't open up a lot of the subjects that we got to hit on this time. Mm-hmm. And and also, too, the first time doing anything is always going to feel yeah. the roughest. But, um, you know, you are super honest. And, you, and I think that parents will appreciate you know your willingness to share and understand better how to navigate um, through some of the challenges they have with raising a teenager because it, it's not easy I mean there may I, people always say there's no handbook well there may be a handbook but there's not a handbook on each individual teenager so sure. the more we can hear about what what's working and what's not working Um, the more we can sort of, um, by process of elimination, try to figure out, okay, what have I not tried, or what am I doing too much of, or whatever, and, and tweak whatever style of parenting we're currently working with. So thank you so much, and to our listeners, thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll see you back here next week. Bye. Bye.